All right, time to put on your spandex and hit the Sunset Strip. We're talking hair metal today. The Hit the Light podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit the Light podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light podcast with me, Big Frog. And me, Mike Castleberry. And this week we're talking about the 80s and hair metal. All right. Which is like a... One of those controversial, I mean, like last night, I watched that, you know that Metal Evolution guy? His name's yeah. Dunn, whatever is it? Yeah. And he, he uh, I watched his hair metal episode yesterday, and he's basically kind of like apologizing for making it also. Like, you know, mm-hmm. out of all of the genres of metal, the one that I really don't like is hair metal, but, you yeah. know... It's the history, so I have to cover it. He's almost like excusing yeah. it. Yeah. And we'll kind of be doing that in a way also because we're not like, I mean, I don't know if there's any old Castleberry and Spandex pictures out there <laughs> that uh, not exactly you got to keep secret, but there's none of me. So we weren't like really in that, you yeah. know, but peripherally I was, you know, I, I was around yeah. at the time. I mean, for me, yeah, I wasn't around at the time. It was... It was done yeah. by the time I was like a teenager, and it was like very, very, very done. Done. Like now, there's easy of, to stamp with lame or gay yeah. or whatever you wanted to put. It in. was, you know, and it's funny because now there's a little bit of a resurgence. Yeah. Um, but even then, like that, you have like Steel Panther, but they're they're like a piss take on the whole thing, right? But it's one of those things, though. Like there's. There's some nostalgia for it now. Mm-hmm. The 90s, it wasn't far enough out for it to be a nostalgic thing. Right. Like, instead of going like, oh, Poison was fun. I right. remember them. Yeah. That was kind of a fun time. It was like, they were still trying to put out albums. Right. So everybody's like, go go the fuck away. Boo. And, and like, then it'll be okay. Yeah. Like like uh, they Like, they interviewed Ricky Rocket from Poison on that thing last night. And they were like, you know, because, uh, <clears throat> well, you probably want to make sure you're not like a, don't become like a novelty act or something. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, we are a novelty act. And the yeah. guy was like surprised to hear him say that. He goes, yeah, we're not making any new music or anything. We just play the, the yeah. songs that people want. We realized people really didn't want any new music from us, you know. So I think Brett makes music or whatever. That's cool. But, yeah, we just, you know, we're doing this thing, and we're, we're just playing for the people who want to hear that old shit. So, I mean, you know, that's that's probably the, the smart way to do it, yeah. and that's the way to make money. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times when these bands, like, they keep throwing out an album here or there, mm-hmm. they don't really sell. Nobody wants to hear the new music. Right. They want to hear the shit that they used to party to right. in the 80s. Yeah. And, and for some guys, like, for, like Gene Simmons says... It's just, it's purely financial. It, yeah. it costs too much to make a record for yeah. it to be financially worth it if people don't buy it. Yeah. You know, so, so that's, you know, that's just kind of the way it is now, especially with the, like, like you say, it's, it's a, it's a dead music form. Yeah. You know, like there's no buddy doing it now that's just like 
new and, yeah. and doing it. That's doing it in earnest. Right, exactly. It's not, yeah, like I said, you have Steel Panther, that's different. Right. They're a, they're a joke band. They're an right. novelty act. Yeah. It's a comedy thing. Um, but yeah, nobody, I mean, there probably is some, like, glam metal band somewhere. Yeah, there. I'm sure there is, but we but, don't know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was just, people were in the right place at the right time. Right. And that's what pop music was for right. that chunk of time. Yeah. It was, you know, you had the new wave thing in the early 80s. Right. And then this new pop metal, glam metal, right. what gets called hair metal now. Right. Which is kind of like, that's an insulting term. Yeah, some people don't like it yeah, or whatever. They don't, you know. I they think don't Eddie like, Trunk's not fond of it. Or yeah, no, whatever. he yeah. very much is like, you know, that's an insulting term. Yeah. It's, you know, these are bands that sold tens of millions of albums right. and they got reduced to what their hair looked like. Right. It right. was a popular, you know, but that's the thing is it's all... It all depends on what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. the 80s were all about excess. Like, mm-hmm. it was, you know, to an excess. Party time. Like, yeah, it was party yeah. time, which is funny because, like, it was the Reagan era. So, it was, co- like, considered one of the more conservative. Right. Which decades. is why. Which is why. Yeah, it, it, but. It out like that. Everybody had money to party. Yeah. So, all these party bands in L.A. blew up at right. the same time. Right. Like, if you're, if you're in a band and you... We're on the Sunset Strip. You got signed. Right, right. And really, the thing I don't like about it, I've I've softened to the concept of this style of music a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I get why it's fun party music. Mm-hmm. And there are some songs that are catchy. Overall, I'm not a huge fan. But, you know, the thing I dislike the most of it is it seems like Bands like Poison and shit like that, we're taking the Van Halen formula, mm-hmm. but like fucking it up. Well, yeah, yeah. Like you had, you know, Van Halen worked because one, everybody in the band kind of hated each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two, it's becoming more and more evident now. Yeah, yeah. David Lee Roth was just a fucking mega star. And then you had Eddie Van Halen, who's a fucking, like, he's the OG shredder, right. basically. Like, yeah. he he pretty much introduced the world to that style of right. guitar playing. Yeah. So you had these bands come along that were kind of mimicking exactly. what Van Halen was doing, but they didn't do it as good. Right. But kind of, like, sold more than them, too. Yeah. Which is frustrating, because, you know... Nobody's going to say, like, you know, fucking CeCe is, like, anywhere on par with Eddie Van Halen. No. Like, the, the guitar solos were just kind of bleh. Yeah. You know, it was just, like, taking Van Halen, but if, like, you had people that didn't play guitar very good. Anyway. Right, right. Well, you know, to varying degrees, that's true, you know, and, and everything that you just said is exactly, exactly what happened. Uh, but the thing about it is, like... um Eddie was a innovator in so many ways, you know, like, first of all, one of, one of the big things that was different when Van Halen came out was not only was his guitar playing different, his guitar sound was different. Yeah. Right. And Eddie was one of those who, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not a stretch to say now that he was a tweaker, you know? Yeah. 
and he was in the garage and he wasn't afraid to take a drill to his fucking guitar or whatever, you know, and sometimes with disastrous results, you know, and sometimes it was cool. But the bottom line was there was no like replacement parts market. There was no upgrades market. If you wanted a new guitar sound, you needed a new guitar, you know, basically. So he was the one that was like, well, I'm going to take this pickup out of a Les Paul and I'm going to fucking cut a big nasty looking hole in the Strat and just shove it in there and see what happens, you know. And at the same time, you know, he's in L.A., so he's meeting dudes that are on the rise. He knew Wayne Charvel. He knew Grover Jackson. He knew Floyd Rose, you know. And these are dudes that are just barely coming on the scene also and putting their innovations out there. So Eddie was one of the first ones to have a tremolo that actually worked. You know, he was one of the first ones to have, um, uh, you know what, this neck is not exactly what I want. Let me try that neck. Yeah. You know, and he also was the first one, one of the first ones that uh, got his, his marshals modified. There was a dude in L.A. named Paul Rivera. And he became a legend, but Eddie was one of the first dudes yeah. to to take him up on it. And once that came out, and everybody everybody wanted that. Yeah, wasn't it Eddie? I'm trying to remember if I'm remembering this correctly. Are you from the David Lee Roth book? Wasn't it Eddie that he was having such a hard time getting the sound he wanted that he basically? finagled his amps where the voltage ended up you working know as like the uh the volume basically yeah. you know what's funny is that that wasn't true it was one of the it was one of the uh like eddie used to lie eddie used to lie yeah. eddie used to turn his back to the audience they couldn't see what he was doing there was a lot of things that he wanted to not get out yeah so uh what what happened was that uh tony iomi used to have these like 200 watt amps, Mm -hmm. right? Well, to get those to distort, they would have to be like so loud that it wasn't feasible. So he got like this Variac, which which was like a voltage regulator. Mm -hmm. He turned his his wattage on his amps down so that they would be easier to overdrive. Well, Eddie, when they asked him how he would get his sound, he kind of just took that that he had heard somewhere or whatever, and he said it, but he actually said it backwards. And he told Guitar Player Magazine that, yeah, I turn up the voltage, and it just, whatever, whatever. So people were just in the next issue of Guitar Player, they had to say, please don't do this. (laughs) You know, because people were blowing their their amps and shit. It's like, hey guys, I'm going to be Eddie. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, uh, there's now... Every major guitar shop has a guy who can do amp modifications. You know, yeah. that's how big of a, of a thing it is now. Back then, there was one guy, you know, who was doing it. And you wouldn't just let anybody open up your fucking Marshall. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like, wait a minute, what are you going to do? <laughs> so, you know, so this dude became like the dude. He still makes Rivera amps. And, and, and a lot of dudes followed suit after that, right? But the thing is, is that the dude's who took this to the next level, which is dudes who started who started uh, playing Charvels, playing Jacksons, um, putting Floyd Roses on their guitars, getting endorsements like with Ibanez and you know other other guitarists that you know 
Eddie was the first one who he got an endorsement with Kramer, mm-hmm. which before that, an endorsement just meant, we'll give you guitars. You yeah. tell people that you play our guitar, and we'll give you yeah. guitars for free. Kramer went to, to Eddie and said, we'll make you anything you want. Yeah. That was new, you know? And Eddie was like, fuck, yeah, you will. You know, so he fucking, you know, comes with a whole new line of shit and fucking... And the and I think it loses something a little bit when you get uh, endorsement that they can make a custom guitar for you because right. you don't have that like blood, sweat, and tears involved in how you like you know his fucking Frankenstein guitar. Right. You know, like he had to do all this shit by hand to get the sound he wanted. But I mean, that to me that might be one of the reasons why I feel like his sound eventually started falling off. Right. Because he didn't have to put that work into it anymore. He just had once you got gear that does everything for you. Right. And by and and by contrast, you know, when everybody's trying to mimic your old sound. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, it doesn't sound fresh anymore because, you know, yeah. and and that's the whole point is that the dudes who were doing that were those dudes in LA. Yeah. Right. I mean, he left. I, he, I will say, Van Halen left like a fucking vacuum. There's oh, yeah. a bubble there because once once Dave left the band mm-hmm. and went solo, mm-hmm. and you know Eddie paired up with Sammy Hagar, mm-hmm. like that kind of party rock band void was there now, right? Because that was. That was Van Halen's lane for the longest time, and Eddie moved away from it, and Dave, he stuck with it a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. It wasn't too long before it kind of got out of that lane, too, and then Steve Vai was out of the band, and was right. like, eh, I don't like what this is right. going, it's too synthy. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, is that, in, is that at that time, in L.A., you know, uh, you knew that there were record labels were looking for that next Van Halen, right? You knew it was going to come from right there, mm-hmm. right? And so when these bands were, were looking for singers, they weren't looking for the next Ian Gillen or the next Dio. They were looking for the next David Lee Roth, yeah. you know? And so, you know, if the dude's voice wasn't that great, eh, all right, that's all right, as long as he can, you know, command the stage and has presents and chicks like him and all that and he looks good then it then it's on you know and that's what and that's what they decided to do again to varying degrees of of success like i think if you take the dudes from uh like rat poison warrant la guns quiet riot docking those are probably like some of the worst singers ever in metal. Yeah. You know, like, or, you know, um, Stephen Piercy from Rat is a terrible, terrible singer, <laughs> you know? And, but, but he just, he had a, like that little niche mm-hmm. and it, and it worked, you know? And to this day, it's like, it's like when, when, uh, Lonnie still doesn't really know who Rat is yeah. because, when I look at it, they really didn't have that many hits. They really didn't have that many songs. I mean, it was, they were kind of 
I don't want to say they were the tail end of it. Yeah. They're kind of, but they were right in the middle of it. They were right in the middle of it. But I, off the top of my head, I could tell you round and round. Round and round. You wanted yeah. man. You know, uh, lay it down. Well, They got I, like six or seven. But that's it. That's you really have to, it. You have to think of it like this. Um, when I think of that, like Rat and how you said, like, you, you know, Lonnie doesn't really know him because they were not the top guys. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in the late 90s when the boy band thing blew up. Mm -hmm. That's really, that's what, you know, later after the the grunge thing, you know, boy bands and shit were like the next like hair metal in a way. That's what the teenage girls were going after. Right. Um, If Poison was like Backstreet Boys and maybe Motley Crue or somebody was in sync, then Rat was like 98 Degrees or... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and and I mean, and their songs. I mean, like when you talk about having just songs about nothing, they took songs about nothing to a new level. You know what the fuck is round and round about? Yeah, going round and round. Basically, that's the only. You know, that's the only thing that you can get out of it. There's not. There's nothing to it. You know, and so that's why, like, they couldn't really extend the life of that very much because there wasn't no substance yeah you know well, once that there wasn't a lot of substance in most of the bands right. that were from that era right which is i think it's kind of sucks in a way because the bands that did have some substance to them mm-hmm. they kind of got fucking thrown out right with the, the rest of the bathwater right basically. yeah like uh, i've said it before when i was younger just seeing the image of Cinderella, I was like, fuck that. No. Right. And then when I actually got bored and started giving a couple of their songs a shot, mm-hmm. I, They're was like, solid. I was like, these guys actually have like shit going on in their songs. Yeah. Like, they have like some songs that are even kind of doomy sounding. Yeah. And then their second album, they went a lot more blues metal mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. So like... But they had big poofy hair. So right. They're done. And they were um, called Cinderella. Yeah. And you then um, Skid Row. Skid Row was hit pretty heavy. They were like, they really got thrown into it unfairly, I think, mm-hmm. because, you know, they had the pretty boy blonde singer. But he could sing. But yeah, no, he could yeah. fuck. He could sing. Yeah. He's one of those. He's a very, you know, Sebastian Bach is fucking talented. Yeah. Um, but, you know. He was a pretty boy that had some ballads in there. Right. But at the end of the day, most of their shit, Skid Row was a lot closer to Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. than Poison. For sure. You know, they had a heavier edge to them. For sure. Um, some bands, they kind of, you know, it's funny because there's kind of like a divide when you go to those Sunset Strip bands because you had the Poisons and warrant and shit like that but then you also had you know guns and roses to a lesser extent motley crew mm-hmm. and then you have you know skid row uh who else you know that actually had a little bit more to them mm-hmm. uh, wasp yeah you know that weren't that weren't just the straight up poppy right you know, party metal. Like, exactly. Wasp is a whole other thing entirely. They're totally. Some, they're fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're fun. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, they're, there's probably a little more, I don't want to say substance, substance, but, you know, they're, they took a different lane. Totally. You know? They were their own thing. 
Like, when everybody else is, you know, singing Talk Dirty to Me and have, like, neon spandex. Right. Sc- screaming, I fuck like a beast. And right, shit like yeah, exactly. Now, for me, okay, see, like, okay, I got back from Spain in 80, towards the end of 83, almost 84, right? And so, and right, right after I got back, like, the Rat album came out, Out of the Cellar, Right. And they were from San Diego. Oh, so now that's kind of like back in the '90s when uh, ska got big for a second. Yeah, Bucko Nine was all over the radio, and they're a San Diego band. Yeah, so it's like ooh, and like Blink One Eighty Two. A little bit later, they were from San Diego. Right. So you have to rep the hometown band. Right. Even if they kind of suck. Yeah. (laughs) So they were. So they were these dudes, you know, and. uh, and they had, they were all up in the guitar magazines. They were all up in like Circus Magazine and Hit Parader. And see, that's the thing. You got you got to realize too that like almost in a way we didn't have that much of a fucking say in it because the same magazines that had been Iron Maiden and, um, and uh, Judas Priest and Ozzy a couple of years ago now were all... These bands yeah. were on the cover and in, in the so it was like that's just the you know yeah. the machine dude yeah like, it was the machine that's them picking like this is the shit you like now right and this is what's gonna sell right and the other shit is old now and then when they decide this is old yeah fuck them right you know exactly. it's like how um, MTV later would do shit like they would make fun of Vanilla Ice and shit like that. It's right. like, you made the motherfucker, though. Exactly. You played Ice Ice Baby a, a million, million times. times. Yeah. That dude sold like 20 million albums, and then when everybody decided... It was a joke. Vanilla Ice is done, they threw it out, yeah. and then a couple years later, it's like yeah. top 10 lamest right. shit. And but it's it like, is, but you hyped that. Yeah. You made this guy, and then you destroyed him right and then in another five years they might give him a reality show and bring yeah. him fucking back you know oh, yeah, whatever. He, yeah he was on a couple of reality yeah shows. see so it's like it's all incestuous in, yeah. you know in that way but but like for me you know uh all these dudes that were um like for example warren demartini was my dude in rat he's a good soloist george lynch was in docking george lynch has some of the best solos from that time. Yeah. And you got to remember that other bands like Ozzy was fucking wearing blue sequins. Fucking uh, Whitesnake was fucking become hair metal. Fucking yeah. A lot of bands that had been, even Judas Priest went oh, yeah. their little no- way. Notoriously Kiss. Yeah, Kiss, <laughs> you know. So, it, so the it, you know, except for basically... The, the real mainstream of metal and thrash, which was new, yeah, right. This was the only other and and guitar albums, which yeah. were becoming a thing too. So basically, you know, like I was into, uh, you know, I was into Jakey Lee, basically in a glam band. Now, you yeah. know, the I was into Warren Demartini. I was into Carlos Cavazzo from Quiet Riot. He was. Underrated, dude. He he was good. He had a fucking sound. George Lynch, Vinnie Vincent was fucking hot. C.C. DeVille was, he was popular, not a very great guitar player, but he, yeah. you know, he was popular. A lot of people like Nuno Betancourt. 
like a lot of people from my time, I never got into extreme, but a lot of people did. Yeah. So that him, uh, a lot of dudes like Richie Sambora, you know, decent enough guitar player from, you know, Brad Gillis was Night Ranger. I couldn't fucking name a Richie Sambora solo oh, no. that stands out to me. No. Like, no. Nobody. That's why, you know, when um, uh, Bon Jovi went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I was just like over shit like Priest and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, you know. I mean, I get it. They sold a lot of albums. Right. But at the end of the day, like, if, to me, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, maybe it's because I'm a fucking more of a purist with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to put people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it should be, like, something that someone picked up a fucking guitar because of. Because of, yeah. I don't think anybody picked up a guitar because of Bon Jovi. No, for sure. You know? But, they were all spinning off of the fact that they all picked up a, a guitar because of Eddie Van Halen. Exactly. And, exactly. Uh, but, you know, Judas Priest, like, people fucking picked up a guitar and was like, I want to fucking play that shit. Fuck yeah. I want to be in a fucking heavy metal band. Yeah. So, so basically, like, for us, for me, it was very much, uh, I'm going to listen to this shit so I can hear these guitar players in spite of whatever yeah. else is going on. You're and more I'm, dedicated than me. I can't do it. I, yeah. I don't... I, I try to listen to to Dokken right. for the guitar. I got Dokken in the car right now. But, like, <laughs> everything else going on in it is fucking whack to me. So right. it's like, I don't want to sit through a bunch of shit I don't like the thing for about a it, sick solo. The thing about it is that, like... Like, for example, especially with Dokken... Uh, the tunes stick in your head once you once if you're listening to it just to listen to the solos or whatever the tunes will eventually stick in your head and you'll be like in my dreams whatever whatever <laughs> you know and you're just like oh shit you know <laughs> but yeah I mean so there was a lot of things to not like about it we were never gonna play that yeah. in, in any of my band in any band that I was in and we were never gonna dress like that, you yeah. know. That was that's not a look that would have worked. For right? Me. Yeah. No. And at the and at the time, like you know, right before that, if you would have showed me a picture of the dudes in Poison, there was no way you could convince me that these guys weren't gay. You yeah. Know? And it wasn't until I personally saw them banging chicks two by two <laughs> that I was like, oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> I get it. I get I'm, why they're doing this yeah, shit. Yeah, I'm still not going to dress like that. Yeah. But but you know what? It was cool because it was like, if you went to, uh, like let's say you went to a Poison concert, right? There wasn't going to be more than five, ten guys dressed like that in the whole yeah. arena, you know? So it still was something that we weren't expecting. Yeah. And we weren't going to do it. So it was okay, you know. Yeah. And and those concerts had chicks, man. Yeah, well, that's the thing. If you if you dress like that but you're not in a band, oh yeah. You're kind of a fucking dork. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe I don't care if that was like the look, but like here's like okay. Like I love Judas Priest mm -hmm. and shit like that. 
I don't fucking walk around head to toe in leather. Right. Um, like, there's just something about dressing like the band you like, but mm-hmm. you're not in a band that's so fucking whack to me. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm of the school, you don't even fucking wear the shirt of the band you're going to see. To see <laughs> Let yeah. alone, like, uh, I'm going to put on some makeup and put on my spandex and da da It's like, you better be in another band. Yeah. Uh, if you're gonna dress like that, because otherwise, what's what are you doing, dude? You're a fucking poser. Yeah. Speaking of which, this brings me to a funny story because there used to be this band called Icon. Mm-hmm. They were from, um, I think they were from Arizona, so they were a little bit different, but they were big out here, but like peripherally big, not as big as these bands that we're talking about. And uh, they're the guys that would open. Yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, my friend Gus. He was, he was actually like Lenny's friend who became my friend peripherally. And uh, he used to, uh, he had long hair. He was a little bit older than us. He had long hair and he had, uh, you know, his own thing going on. But he used to tell chicks that he was Dan Donovan from Icon. <laughs> and just like whatever. It, and it worked for him so much that we used to just laugh, man. Because there wasn't even a Dan Donovan in Icon. <laughs> but they didn't they didn't know and, yeah. and he pulled it off and good enough to where they're like oh really oh, okay look you know calling other chicks to come and beat him and stuff it was hilarious but but uh but yeah that's how that's kind of how the scene was back then and you know what man i tell you what it was fun you know um and it was the 80s. It was different. Like uh, like Ricky Rocket said last night on that, on that show, he goes, you know what? He goes, like right now, he goes, uh, everybody's not just looking for a good time. You know? Yeah. Don't, everybody don't need nothing but a good time. People <coughs> got shit on their minds. Yeah. You know, people fucking... He goes, back then... Everybody was just looking for nothing but a good time. So that's why that shit hit then, yeah. and it doesn't hit now, you know? Well, yeah, that's why grunge and everything blew up, because there is, you know, um, you know the economy tank yeah. and everything else. So there's a lot of, you know, people were partying as much as they used to. Right, right. And, and then and then a lot, a lot of these dudes were, you know, getting in drunk driving accidents and killing their friend and... Fucking Odin and fucking dude, yeah. you know, okay, so that too. Well, that's know? what I've seen that the backlash for that genre wasn't, you know, that's, I've seen people talk about it. It wasn't as much just the musical style. Mm-hmm. It was the excesses that they were representing mm-hmm. at that point. At some point, the lifestyle people say, you know, fuck you. Yeah. You know, like when everybody else is, when people are struggling and you're just fucking, you know, slamming heroin and doing mm-hmm. blow everywhere mm-hmm. and like you said, crashing cars and getting your friends killed. Mm-hmm. Like at some point people are like, you know, you're kind of a, y'all, you guys are kind of fucking dicks. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, and not for nothing because I'm not fucking, I'm not that guy really, but. You know, I mean, I'd be willing to bet that every single one of these bands has multiple credible Me Too stories oh, to, yeah. go, to go along with them. You know, I mean, it was just, that's how it was. Well, yes and no. It seemed like um, 
the women were very, very willing. Very willing. At that point. So may, there might be, but at the same time, it seems like it was a lot of consensual, like a lot of women oh, were yeah. out there. Like, I want to fuck a rock star. For sure. But and, some of those women were 16. Yeah. And, you know, and fucking. That's, that's different, though. Um, that's, you know, that's not cool, but you think any of them fucking carded. No. You know. No. If I, you know, if I was in a band and single and a hot chick came up to me mm-hmm. and was like, I want to fuck. Yeah. She got big tits yeah. and shit. Um, I'm probably not going to go be like, hey, can I see your ID yeah, real quick? Because, yeah. you know, you put, you know, you put makeup on a 17 year old. Oh, yeah. You're not going to fucking know. No. There's and no way. Nobody's no. going to. And you're not. Maybe that's me. Maybe that's a, something reflected upon me that I like plausible deniability. Right. <laughs> in my right. actions. Right. But unless it was very apparent, I'm probably not going to be asking too many questions. No. I'm fucking drunk out of my mind. Right. That whole partying. gift horse thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, that's an issue I don't have to deal with. <laughs> right. So. Right. So um, there was other bands that, because, okay, like the the Sunset Strip became like Mecca, right? So other bands came from other places yeah. and by the time I started playing like uh, gigging those places like the Troubadour and Gazaris and and uh, the Whiskey and all that they were all bringer shows now yeah yeah you know like because at the time when Van Halen and Quiet Riot were there they were like the house band they would get yeah. paid and all that shit you know but when they blew up and left that void of and millions of bands are trying to play those spots, now you gotta bring thirty people. Yeah. You gotta sell this many tickets, whatever it is, and all the places are packed and it really doesn't matter who's playing, you know. But if you get a following you could get signed. Yeah. You know? So all that so other bands are coming from from uh from Twisted Sisters from New York. Yeah. You know, uh Bon Jovi's from New Jersey. You know, other bands are coming from other different places. Tesla was like a kind of a more of a serious band. Yeah. But they got thrown in with this shit too. Where to me, like the ultimate, the ultimate like LA hair metal experience is LA Guns. Yeah. Because LA Guns has been there from the beginning and they're still fucking there. Yeah. You know, and with just with one guy named Guns. You know, or whatever. <laughs> but, like, you know, the beginnings of Guns N' Roses are fucking mixed yeah. up with that shit. Like, everybody's been in that band, you yeah. know, or or whatever. So, well, yeah, that was, you know, some guys that were in L.A. Guns and some guys that were in the Hollywood Roses yeah. formed a band and called yeah. themselves Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses and bam. And they, they were, were the strip super group, basically. Yeah, and they were basically, like, the last... They, I, I really don't put them in with it. They had like their first video with sprayed up hair. Yeah, and that, that was so that yeah. involves them in it, and they came up at the same place at the same time. Yeah, but other than that, they weren't really. There was more to them than that. Well, yeah, they had a lot in their first album. They just had a lot heavier edge to them. Yeah, um, and then they were more serious. Yeah, well, they're more serious, and Axl Rose was a much more serious musician to the point of being a fucking crazy person. Yeah. But you didn't have, 
You didn't have Brett Michaels stage diving off and beating the fuck out of people in the crowd. And right. Shit like that. Right. And having, you know, like, there was so much chaos that the original incarnation of Guns N' Roses just carried with them. They're just mm-hmm. this fucking being of chaos and energy, and you never know what the fuck you're going to see. Right. And, you know, women still wanted to fuck Axl Rose. Yeah. But, you know, he was not the party guy as right. much. He was more, he was brooding yeah. at some points and whatever. But really, so, but really after them, that was it. There wasn't like no, there was there wasn't another big band to come out of there after them for a yeah. while. Yeah, I mean it was pretty much, you had what you had, and then, um, you know, uh, Skid Row was kind of like the very last like gasp of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so so most of these bands like once they were stuck. They were stuck, you know, and when grunge came out and, you know, th- different people say say it different ways, but it's like some people think, oh, this shit just ran its course. Then other people were like, well, fucking grunge killed us. And, you know, whatever it is. But I, it's a little bit of calm. A little bit of both. of both. I mean, it had run its course. Yeah. Every fad does mm-hmm. because it did collapse in on itself. It did become... You know, you start looking at the bands that were coming out that it's just like got bigger hair and sillier outfits yeah. and fucking double neck guitars shaped like a fucking heart and yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Just, like just ridiculous. Every, each Xerox copy of it got more and more ridiculous. Yeah, and then and that's that's gonna collapse in on itself because it became more and more for record executives it was the image right they were just signing guys that they thought looked the part right and you didn't have to fucking be all that good because people are going to come and watch your show anyway and then you start you know you get a down economy and everything else so people aren't as happy Mm -hmm. and raring to party you know the people that were all partying they're all in their 30s now right you know so people are growing up, and the next generation are growing up in a little bit different circumstances than the one before. So it all collapses in on itself when they can relate to the depressed guy from Seattle more. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that guy speaks for me. But right. Kurt Cobain, I relate with him. Right. Better, I relate with him. Right. You know. And you know, the funny thing, the funny thing is that uh, on a lower level, like, you know, if you were a dude in a glam band that never made it, like if you were like an open micer glam guy, you're fucking done, dude. Well, well, I knew this dude named named Tommy, and he was in some band up there, and his stage name his stage name I remember to this day because we were rolling when he told us his stage name was Dusty Valentine, right? <laughs> I'm fucking using that. Yeah. One. <laughs> so, so. Uh, so we were we we would we would have our laughs at this dude's expense and whatever whatever. But like I said, his band never made it. So when grunge happened, he was able to be in a grungy band yeah. without no anybody knowing. Yeah, that, nobody you know, knew who the fuck. Nobody knew he was in the first place. Yeah. So, but these other bands, I mean, Motley Crue tried to kind of 
they got that other singer. Yeah, it was a John Karabi. Yeah, yeah, and they tried to kind of do that. That's a good album, though. Yeah, it's, it is a pretty good album. It's the only Motley Crue album I actually it, can sit down and listen to. It's the heaviest one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, but like none of these other bands were, were uh, I don't know how much they tried, but they were not like really willing to. Uh, well, it becomes disingenuous right of course so but I think it was disingenuous in the first place yeah. anyways so that's what to an extent I think Poison was pretty genuine in their what they were doing oh yeah so I give them credit for that I think that, that that's what they were living and that's what they were trying to have a good time doing right so if Poison tried to make a doomy gloomy album right it would just seem phony yeah it's totally. like it's like when Kiss did it you know yeah you know and they just kind of threw it out there to no fanfare because they recorded it and uh, Paul Stanley didn't want to do the album. He didn't like it. He's like, I'm a fucking, because that's the record labels. Like, oh, you know, this is what's in now. It's right. grunge. You need to make a more grungy sounding album. And right. he's like, but I'm like a rich rock star. I'm not sad. Yeah. What am I sad about? Well, yeah. He's like, my life is great. Yeah. Why am I gonna? So <clears throat> it came off as disingenuine. Right. Because, you know, it's fucking Kiss and they're just coming off of, you know, their, you know, their glam phase. And then they've just, you know, when they released that album, they had it in the, the vault for a little while. And then the reunion happened. Mm -hmm. So they just snuck it out there with little fanfare. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, here's Carnival of Souls, the final sessions. And this right. is the last, last dance with, you know, Bruce Kulick and... Uh, at the time, seemingly, it was going to be the last with Eric, uh, right. Eric, Eric Singer. Right. You know, we got the band back together. We're Although, I'm, I'm pretty sure they gave him the wink, wink. Like, you stay stay close. Don't yeah. go far. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, maybe with Eric. I mean, Bruce yeah. Kulik, they It's funny because he talks about, too, and it's like, oh, would you have put the makeup on if Kiss called you back and said, hey, uh, Aisla is out of the band. We want you back in the band. But you gotta dress like Ace. Would you have done it? And he's like, I don't know. But they never asked, so I don't have to worry right, about it. Right, right. <laughs> it's funny because uh, you know Bruce Kulik has a brother too, Bob Kulik. Yeah, he's he played on, Yeah, he played on some Kiss records and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so he got in the gig. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like they, uh, there was a, um, you know, they have uh, learn guitar in the style of. Kiss or learning yeah. guitar in the style of Van Halen or whatever, whatever it is. So there's this one DVD of a learned guitar in the style of Kiss, and I was like, oh, okay, well I'll check this out, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's Bob and Bruce Kulick mm -hmm. teaching you how to play Bruce Kulick era songs because it's the only, you know, the, the only ones they could get a rights to to show, yeah. you know, whatever. But it, so it's like. Well, this ain't really in the style of Kiss, is it? I mean, you know, <laughs> it's in the style of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you were in Kiss. Yeah, when you were in Kiss. You're not but... out there showing anyone how to play Detroit Rock City. Right. Now, the, now with these bands, like uh, a lot of them, they're still around, you know. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is that even with they're not being uh, really that much of a market or or you know even even if you got the I mean besides Guns N' Roses obviously but if you got you could get any of these bands back together and they're not going to start just selling out arenas just no. because they're I mean, back they're together club bands. right 
you know. <clears throat> but um, but they still almost act like they are because you can't get Skid Row back together. Yeah. Two fucking many like egos and they fucking mad at each other. They hate each other. Docking. Docking's like you got Don Docking, and then you got the band. Yeah. And then basically even the band everyone like every few years. They decide to put out a new album with a different singer and call it this or call it that yeah. or call it whatever. And it doesn't matter if the dude's better than Don Dockin. He's just not Don Dockin, so they can't call it Dockin, so yeah. it doesn't sell. You know, it's just one of those things. But still these dudes, even though they're even though they're not like really stars anymore. Their egos are still such that they can't get over yeah. whatever the fuck they need to get over to make they, shit Well, because they still remember when they were stars. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. It's hard to be washed up, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, neither of us had a prime. Right, for <laughs> like, sure, yeah. We never peaked at an art form where we made millions and played to arenas. Right. Um, it's got to be hard when that goes away, man. Yeah. Like when, you know, the audience is gone and, you know, you're still remembering the echoes of your past. Yeah. And like, I mean, for me, like, I don't play big shows, mm-hmm. but I, even I fucking feel it when I've done, like, when I've been on a show that happened to be sold out. It's right. Like, it had nothing to do with me. Right. <laughs> um, when I happen to perform at a sold out show at a club versus when I go and do a fucking bar gig and there's right. like eight people there. Eight drunks. It's yeah. like, even that is a fucking fall off where you just have to drag your ass through it and you're right. like, oh, I remember when I was crushing at the comedy <laughs> store. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, some of these bands like, okay, let me, let me tell you what I've seen of these. I've seen a Motley Crue tribute band. I've seen a Quiet Riot. Well, no, actually, yeah, that was Quiet Riot. <laughs> you uh, no, that was Quiet Riot. Yeah, you were you're more correct the first time. Right there, it, there's I've seen a a tribute band called Rats. That's Rat with a Z, and they were not good. Either. I mean, it, there's. <laughs> there's a new breed of rat yeah, <laughs> where they yeah. kept hyping that shit up. Yeah. There's a, uh, I seen a Bon Jovi tribute band too. But in general, it's like there's not. Um, it's not a tribute band scene for it. Really. There's not. There's not. And I, and, and I don't think maybe like, I don't think that dudes want to go to that extra because I, I'm assuming like if you gonna if you're gonna be a Twisted Sister tribute band, you gotta look like fucking Twisted Sister. Yeah. Right? That's that's an investment. You yeah. know, and in in uh in money and in, in uh time in you know uh shame. Yeah. All these, you know, all these that's things. the thing. I don't really consider Twisted Sister to be a part of all that. Right. But they but they were. Like I mean, in the um, in a marketing sense, they were. Yeah, I mean, they had there were dudes that had makeup on, but right. they had their their shit was more just standard classic heavy metal. Yeah, you know, they had a couple of party anthems in there, like "We're Not Gonna Take It," but you know, when they have like songs like "Go to Hell" and yeah. everything, that actually is a pretty fucking good song. Right, like. 
it's weird that they get wrapped into it because they were not anywhere near that style musically. Right, right. Now, out of these bands... And they predated all those bands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're grinding that shit out in, you know, New Jersey in the 70s. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, out of these bands, uh, the ones that I've seen live... I mean, I think I've seen them all live. But the ones that were good... um, Twisted Sisters, good live. Uh, Cinderella was good live. Poison was good live. Like, Poison had... Poison was the best party band I ever saw. Just just a party, you know. Um I guess if you want to fit that in, uh Def Leopard would would be in in there too. Yeah. Uh who else? I'll tell you what, as far as those bands are concerned, um I'll give Poison this. Um they've held up better Mm-hmm. than most of these other dudes. I'm sure they had more money, so they are able to get a little bit more work done. Mm-hmm. But when you look at uh, Brett Michaels, and then you look at some of the other mm-hmm. dudes from other bands, it's like, fuck yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of that obviously receding hairline, which yeah, I've never shown Yeah, I mean, he's, he, yeah. he's smart enough to put a bandana over it. Right. We know he's probably bald under yeah. there. He's probably got the Hulk Hogan fucking yeah. thing going That's on exactly right now. That's exactly what it but is. But when you look at him... He looks okay. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, right, you know, the dude from Warren before he died. Yeah. He's just some fat guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's chicks, chicks going to Brett Michaels concert still thinking they might fucking get laid. They might fuck Brett yeah, Michaels. Yeah, they might fuck yeah. Brett Michaels. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For and sure. the rest of the band, they look fine for their yeah, age. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. But, you know, when you looked at, when you saw, like, the you know footage from the last Motley Crue Ooh. tour. It's like Jesus, dude. Everybody looks like shit except yeah. for Tommy Lee, I guess. And you know the and the, you know Motley Crue was like on their best day, they weren't really a good band. You know that's that's yeah. the fucked up thing. You know and and uh, and especially see a lot of these bands sound a lot better live yeah. than they do. You know with the because you know it. The production was was uh, a certain way, yeah. you know, or whatever. But you can't really bring that shit to the stage a lot yeah. of times. So a lot of times, th- these bands were a lot louder, sounded a lot heavier live. Mm-hmm. But you had to have a singer. Vince Neil sounded like shit live from the first day to yeah. the last day. So did um, so did uh, Stephen Piercy from Rat. Terrible. Terrible from the first day yeah. to the last day. You know, other guys were more passable. Don Dokken, like, had the world's weakest voice. Yeah. But it had some melody and tone in it, yeah. whatever, you know. Bon Jovi, same thing, you know. Um, the dude from Cinderella, he sounded like he was going to blow a, a fucking, uh, <laughs> you know. I mean, they, they could have got him in ACDC. Yeah. But it wouldn't, wouldn't have been uh, much of a drop off on, on that. You know, so there was there. You know, there was some good. Uh, there's some good guys. There were some lame guys. Um, there were some bands that like looked too gay for me. <laughs> you know, uh, like like Poison. Poison looked too gay for me. If I never would have met them and found out how cool they were and everything, I would have never listened to them. You know, but uh, but they they looked. Super Hanoi Rocks, 
looked super gay. Bastard Pussycat. Yeah. They were super gay. And it, and it's funny because the like if you see Faster Pussycat now, they look like old Harley riding dudes. Yeah. You know, and back then they were like I seen the dude from Faster Pussycat at a poison show wearing uh um uh, some kind of a concert shirt that was all cut up in tatters with pink sweats barefooted with pink toenail polish on. That was his outfit. <laughs> for the, I was just like, Oh wow. <laughs> you know, this is fucking put some shoes on. Man. Yeah, this is this is fucking weird. <laughs> we've 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 established this several times before. They're yeah, just, like, just put some fucking put shoes some on. Shoes, yeah. I don't know. Something about that just rubs me the wrong way. Right. There. Um, it ain't. It ain't even him painting his toenails pink. It's the fact he ain't wearing shoes. Like you're gonna get your toes stepped on at a concert, man. Yeah. That shit, and that shit hurts. Yeah. And it'll scratch up your fucking paint job. Yeah. So now, like, out of these guitar players who I have on my list here that are from the days, really, most of them are not doing very well. You know, um, Jakey Lee's not doing well. He's, he's like, you know, he's nuts. Like, I mean, he seems really nuts on stage mm -hmm. because, like, he'll talk to the crowd, but he's not near a microphone. Like, yeah. he, like he kind of thinks you can hear him and he's just like yeah you know and it's like okay I'm not sure what's going on with, yeah. with Jake uh, Red Beach is in Whitesnake Whitesnake's got guitar players yeah. you know and and a Whitesnake is like one of the only bands out of these type of a from this era that's really trying to be like the best band they can be right yeah. now they got fucking aces in every fucking spot so that's cool um, Warren Demartini was in White Snake for a minute. He wasn't a good fit. Then Carlos Cavazo from Quiet Riot. He's in Rat now, I think. You know, so there's like whatever. Uh, George Lynch is. He's always got a project, and he's he's taking good physical care of himself. Yeah, he, I I've I hear him on more like. When you get those random compilation albums, yeah, with like you know a tribute, an all star tribute to blah blah blah, you'll you'll probably see a George Lynch yeah. track on there. Like um, uh, I was listening to a Iron Maiden one uh -huh. uh, the other day, and it had uh, George Lynch on guitar for uh, Wasted Years. Oh, cool! And D. Snyder on vocals. Oh shit! So it's actually a pretty fucking cool version. I gotta hear that. <laughs> so. Um, Vinnie Vincent's on my list, obviously. He's not doing well. <laughs> Vinny, <laughs> Vin, okay, Vinny, at his peak, he wasn't that famous. Mm -mm. He was, he, he got to be in Kiss for a minute. Yeah. So that, you know, then, you know, that was, he, he was able to branch off and have Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Yeah, which was, a, which was on a major label. Yeah. So they really, like, they marketed the fuck out of that shit. Yeah. It just didn't hit. Yeah, you know? and it just didn't do all that great. And then he basically went recluse, and then the rest of the band stuck around. And right. There was there uh, Savage? Uh, no, uh, did they become Slaughter? Slaughter. They, they became Slaughter. Yeah, yeah. Slaughter. Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah, the Savage. <laughs> savage. But uh, it was an S word. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, yeah, that was what... Vinnie Vincent Invasion turned into yeah, um, Vivian Campbell's band before Dio was called Sweet Savage. Hmm. 
That's something. Yeah. CC Deville is one of those dudes that they they use his like current picture as a CC Deville looks like a soccer mom who fucking yeah. whatever whatever stayed up a week on coke or whatever the fuck it is. So he's like you know, but like you say, they made a lot of money. Yeah. So I think they're good still, and and they uh and they split the money. So yeah. so I think they're all doing well. Uh, Ricky Rocket has like his own line of drums. I give Poison credit for this too. Um, they're one of those bands that, as far as I know, I'm sure there there might have been something there, but I feel like they're one of the few ones like the original dudes kept it together for the yeah. most part. I don't yeah. know if CC ever left for any. Well, the time, well the but. funny thing is that the dude uh, there they came out here from uh, Pennsylvania, four dudes. Mm-hmm. And not CC. Their original guitar player, I can't remember his name, but he was he left LA like right before they broke. Oh, you know, geez. and uh, yeah, Man, because how do you how do you fuck up? Your yeah, timing that's, like that? that's, you gotta know that something's coming. You know, so it's uh, not like CC was the magic ingredient. No. No, he was just a, he was just took just took the spot. He just took know? a slot, yeah. And uh, and you know what he he was the right guy for the job for mm-hmm. sure because he, it was just obvious he didn't give a fuck, you know. And th- that was a good attitude, you know. And and then CC Deville, that's you know Cadillac Coupe Deville, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's got. I just I never put that shit. Together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that. So um, so yeah, I mean you know basically. For the time, you know, uh, it was worth it to me. Like, I got a few things out of it, you know. Uh, I have a guitar with a with a pickup that George Lynch uses in it, you know. Uh, I got to meet the dudes in Poison, and they were really cool. You know, I've told that story before. But that kind of opened my mind to... Uh, to you know, not be so rigid about, oh, this this, this sucks, this is lame, yeah. this is whatever, whatever, you know, and kind of be more accepting and, and that and that's what happened. You know, uh the the dudes in rat were cool. Jake was cool, you know, uh they were all like really about being from Southern California and fucking, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like a team in that sense. Yeah. You know. Which was cool, because I felt like a part of the team, you know, whatever. Yeah. Cool. I mean, when the rest of your metal heroes are all from England and shit like right. that. Right. It's cool to have a bunch of guys that are, like, from where you're from. Right. And they're you know? about it, you know. Yeah, and it, and it also gives you a kind of a, a kind of a chance, like, almost like if, like if a bunch of San Diego comedians started suddenly blowing up. Yeah. You're like, hey, wait a minute. You know, I'm kind of in this... Kind of in line here. Yeah. This, you know, who knows? You know, shit. It kind of made you feel that way. You know, you if felt you were like in the band at the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, these guys fucking, you know, and and you hear dudes from, uh, dudes that you knew, like uh, my manager Dan at the guitar shop, he would tell the story, yeah, you know, when uh, Don Dockin, you know, got signed and he came and told us, you know, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, we got signed this German label and... Hey, you gonna finish that chicken? <laughs> you know, because he was starving while he was yeah. telling you that he got signed. You know, and all this stuff that they would tell us. Oh yeah, you know, uh, Warren Jamartini. Uh, let me say, uh, I mean, it was it was supposed to be derogatory at the time, 
But, you know, I heard a guy say, yeah, man, he can't, he can't, like, he can't play, like, 12-bar blues. He can't, like, play his way out of a paper bag. He can't, like, jam with the, you know, with a band on just some standards or something. And I was like, that's, like, me. <laughs> that's, yeah. You know, I just want to play my shit. I don't want to play that shit either. So <laughs> it was, like, inspirational in a way that, hey, this, this guy did it the way I want to do it. You know, it's, it's possible. Yeah. So that was the cool part of um, of being there, and be, you know, having it, you know, be a thing, and um, and some dudes who dudes who like kind of pop music anyway, they were all about that shit, you know, like yeah. fucking uh, my brother in law Roy loves those bands, you know, uh, he also loved like that more kind of a that southern. Uh, 38 special kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. those kind of bands, you know. Uh, so it was, um, there was a real good market for it. And I tell you what, I bet you that if my, if my uh, only reference in high school would have been to bands like Metallica and Anthrax and Megadeth and Slayer, I wouldn't have been as popular a kid, I don't think. Yeah, you know? I mean, as someone... So I think it actually made a difference in my life. As someone that was uh, all, you know, Pantera, Metallica, yeah. Megadeth, blah, blah, blah. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 20, so there's probably something to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like, because, like, all the metalhead dudes that I... When, you know, we're in high school, you know, the hair metal thing was dead and done. Mm -hmm. Um and then it was around the time that, you know, Backstreet Boys and everything. So all the fucking metal dudes were just like the weirdos with long hair. Right. And, uh, none of the chicks were fucking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, for me, like, no, like knowing the dudes in Poison was almost like knowing the fucking Backstreet Boys. Yeah. You know, in a sense. At, oh, yeah. At that no, that, like, that's, there, there's that time, you know, was someone's famous enough to get, you know, to get your dick sucked just by, like, Hey, I met Poison. Right. You know <laughs> you what know? I mean? I hung out yeah. with Poison. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I might be able to get you backstage when they come. Oh, yeah. shit. Yep. Yeah, man. So, you know, all in all, I mean, it's not the proudest moment of metal. That's for sure. But it's a, it, it's a happy side note. Yeah. And in a sense, I think it also brought a lot of fans that wouldn't normally like uh, metal to maybe like some other parts of it, yeah. you know, which right now I, I would say the band that's doing that more than anyone is Metallica, you yeah. know, because if you, because you go to a Metallica concert, like when we went, you know, it's a good 75% of the people at that concert, you won't see them at any other metal show. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, they're, you know, but... There are those ones that are just like, hey, so what are, hey, Google, what are other bands like Metallica? Oh, yeah. shit. And I then, mean, you know, Metallica was my intro band. Right. When they started, you know, when they had their Garage Inc. album and stuff, yeah. and they covered a bunch of shit, it made me want to look at those other bands they covered. Exactly. Um, and when they would talk about bands that they idolized when they are coming up, it made me want to listen right. to them more. Right. You know, when, I, when the, the videos look funny and stupid... 
but you got Lars and James being like, oh, yeah, we fucking loved Iron Maiden. And blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It made, mm-hmm. me, made me want to listen to Iron Maiden more. Right. Um, but uh, what's, what I always thought was funny, not to get too sidetracked right at the end of our episode, is the fact that there was this... There's a lot of disrespect towards the hair metal guys mm-hmm. from the serious metal guys mm-hmm. that didn't go the other way. Like, right. the guys from Motley Crue and Poison and shit like that, they thought shit like Metallica and stuff was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And the guys from Metallica and shit were like, fuck you! Yeah. Like, like right. I think um, they'd had, like, I can't remember if it was the dudes from Poison or the dudes from the crew were saying something like that. Like, that's when Metallica was still based in L.A., mm-hmm. you know, they like they thought they're all one big happy heavy metal family, right? And you know the guys from Metallica are like fucking throwing beers at them and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fuck you, pansies. Yeah. Fucking posers. Yeah. Like, that kind of shit. Yeah, because you can't get because you can't get no stage time, and the club's owners telling you you need to be like that. Yeah. And you're that like was, fuck that. Yeah, no, it's yeah. James and I were saying like when they first started and they're playing in L.A. Um, they got on stage and they fucking, you know, manager immediately kicked them out. Mm-hmm. They thought they're a punk band. Yeah. Like, we don't fucking have punks in here. Right. You know, and then uh, over time, they got that little bit of a, they got that little bit of a rep. And people that were into Metallica would go to these other shows. Right. And then, um, so one of the glam bands would get on stage and they'd fucking turn their backs to them, and they'd have their Metallica patches on their jacket yeah. and shit. Yeah, you know. Well, you know what's funny is uh, is uh, my is my friend Lenny. What he would do at these type of shows is like we'd be close to the front or whatever, and he would just start fist banging crazy like to whatever, and yeah. then like the like the singer would be like, hey, like you know, like showing the rest of the crowd like. Look at that guy. He's all in, you know, like, hey, be like, you know, do it like this. And then he would laugh, you know, and just be like, you fucking suck. And then the singer would be like, oh, bummed, you know, whatever. But, yeah, it was a a thing. But, um, all right, man. So, hey, that actually went pretty fast, an hour and five. Yeah, that was fun. It was just shooting the shit about, you know, I... Like I said, I've I've warmed up to it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it's not something I really sit down and jam to, but I get it. Right. You know, if if you if you want to bump something at a party, you like put on some fucking poison. Like right. people are gonna have a good time, and you know you don't fucking put on like you know ride the lightning when you have a house party. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's a good. It's it's party music. There's always a place for party music. Yeah. Um, I'm still probably gonna play Van Halen. As my party music of choice, you know, of course, but, of course, you know, you know they, you know, I'll probably would be able to let some of, you know, a lot of this shit get into the rotation at a party, and it wouldn't, you know, like, right, scream at it, you know, to turn it off. I wonder, like, it would be interesting to find out. I probably will before uh, for the next one, whatever. But I wonder which which hair metal band are the most popular karaoke hair metal bands. Hmm. Because I know Bon Jovi's got to be on there, uh, you know. Bon Jovi, um, if you're counting Bon Jovi, I'd say that because everybody does uh, Wanted Dead or Alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'd say probably Warrant with Cherry Pie. Yeah, Cherry Pie's uh, going to be there. Poison, Talk Dirty. Every Rose probably. has its thorn. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, all right, man. So that's been our episode on the hair metal. 
We will be back next week, but we don't know with what yet. We don't know with what. We'll surprise but you. Better be something good because we need to get these listens up. I just found out some very distressing news <laughs> about the amount of less, uh, listens we've been getting. So we need to turn that shit around. All right. So until the next one, this is Big Frog. Yeah, Mike Castleberry. For the Hit the Light podcast, and we're out. Chose to all of us who were breaking our bank.